I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF. It's another Waiver Wire Tuesday, and that means I am once again joined by PFF's lead fantasy analyst, Nathan Yonke. Nate, how's it going, man? Uh, doing well. Uh, we had that fun Monday night football game last night, going back and forth between Philadelphia and Kansas City. I uh, wish it would have been a little bit more high scoring, a little, <laughs> little bit more exciting that way, uh, less of a defensive struggle at times, but it still ended up being a very fun game between the two Super Bowl contestants last year. Yeah, that was uh, it was definitely different than I think probably a lot of people expected it to be. I think both quarterbacks threw for less than 200 yards. And yeah, definitely a bit of an offensive struggle there for the most part. But Jalen Hurts got a couple touchdowns. Um, so that that kind of helped fantasy managers a, a little bit. But it was, yeah, it was definitely a weird game. Uh, Eagles take it 21-17. Uh, weird stat that came out during that at, at the end of that game is that the Chiefs have been now shut out in the second half for the third straight game, which is pretty crazy. Um, it feels like there's no way that continues, right? I I mean, I, I want to say no chance, but we'll see. Um, only Sith steal in absolutes after all. Um, but Nate, the other thing to come out of this game was uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, his receivers kind of letting him down a little bit. Four drops in this one, um, probably none bigger than Marquez Velda scantling on that deep ball in the fourth quarter, which would have been a touchdown. Um, brutal stuff there. So uh, this feels like a good time to uh, get our weekly Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver update in there. Um, I feel like we need maybe like a jingle for this or something at this point. I, I don't know. But uh, what did the, uh, the Chiefs wide receiver rotation uh, look like last night? So going back to week nine before the bye week, it seemed like they were finally getting to a point where they had three starting receivers. It was Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Sky Moore's snaps uh, were plummeted a bit, and Miko Hardman and Kadarius Tony weren't really used much in week nine. And all of those trends basically reversed this week. They were back to their usual heavy rotation of wide receivers. Um, the biggest difference is Sky Moore... Uh, his snaps went right back up to where it was for most of the season. So it was Marquez Valdez-Scantling that saw the biggest decrease in snaps. His snaps have been steadily on the decline the past couple weeks, and this was his low point of the season. Uh, almost matched his low point of all of last season as well. So not a good sign for him. And then throw in the drop at the end of the game, and it wouldn't be surprising to see his snaps fall even further next week. Um, Kadarius Tony, it was noteworthy considering the past three weeks he had barely been involved in the offense. Um, he was someone early in the season that was only seeing 
maybe 30% of snaps, but he was often getting the ball whenever he was on the field. Uh, This week, he was on the field more often, uh, ran the ball twice, caught two passes, uh, and he only had uh, three touches, I think, or four touches the three previous weeks. So he was back to getting involved. Uh, Hardman was injured his thumb early in the game. So he missed a bit of time early, but still played a decent amount in the second half. So this meant less playing time by Rasheed Rice and even a little less by Justin Watson, who ended up being the clear receiver in this game, saw double-digit targets, led the team in receiving yards, caught a touchdown early on, almost caught another touchdown at another point. So a little surprising that Watson uh, was the guy here. Uh, Philadelphia has had their struggles specifically with slot receivers. So for me, it wasn't too surprising that it was going to be uh, Watson and Rice. I just expected Rice to be the one doing a bit better among the two. So not expecting Watson to be a long-term answer for Kansas City. He'll probably he's had a good season compared to what we expected so far this season, and that this game certainly helped. But still, not someone that I think will be consistent enough for fantasy purposes. I think it's still Rasheed Rice as the only guy that I'd really be considering in redraft leagues at this point. Yeah, same here. And then we have Watson right now um, pending review, credited with two drops um, in this game as well. So he was another. Um, one of those wide receivers there that that had kind of let Mahomes down. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, Rashi Rice still for me as well. Um, anything else from the the Chiefs side of things, or was there anything that stood up for the Eagles for you? Uh, the Chiefs not really. We'll note that Richie James Jr. was activated off injured reserve. So he was on the 53-man roster, but was inactive for this game. Uh, was a full participant in practice all week. So it might be just that Kansas City is fine having just a six-man wide receiver rotation rather than seven man like they were having at some points early in the season. So this could be typical that James is an act is inactive and running back rotation, tight end rotation, same as usual. So shifting to the Philadelphia side, a uh, biggest thing was Julio Jones uh, saw a significant increase in offensive snaps in this game overtook Olamide Zacchaeus as the third wide receiver. Uh, they had been kind of splitting time, and now it was Jones who saw the most playing time among the two wide receivers. Uh, had only caught two passes in his first three games, uh, caught two passes for five yards in this game, so still not anywhere close to uh, considering him for fantasy purposes, considering they have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith getting all of the targets all of the time. So not expecting much for him out of fantasy, at least in redraft leagues, but there is a chance that he could have a big game at some point for DFS purposes or any other kind of games where you're only relying on him for one game and hoping for a breakout game. For sure. And look, he he, he had more catches than A.J. Brown in that game um, somehow as well. So uh, there's there could be potentially some hope there uh, for for Julio Jones as well. But yeah, that was Monday Night Football. Um, the other thing that came out, I guess, just this morning was uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have officially fired Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator. It felt like something that was was inevitable at this point, just given the struggles there for the Steelers offense and, and obviously fan outrage as well. So, Nate, um, Matt Canada is no longer with the Steelers. Yeah, uh, sad to see any time that anyone is getting fired for any reasons like that. But still, we're 
for fantasy football purposes, ideally, this is good news for Steelers players. They've been among the bottom teams in terms of output so far this season, even though they have a lot of talented guys that are typically in fantasy starting lineups. So hopefully we can start seeing a little bit more consistency, particularly out of someone like George Pickens. Um, hopefully Pat Fryermuth can start being fantasy relevant again because he. Uh, has been one of the more talented young tight ends of the past couple of seasons. So we'd like to see him get more involved and we'll be really interested to see how this ends up impacting the running backs with how well Jalen Warren's been playing these past couple of weeks. Uh, he's been on fire and Najee Harris has been playing well, just not as good as Warren. So they've still been that kind of 50, 50 split. They went back to what you've seen most of the season this past week where um, Harris took two thirds of the early down snaps. Warren took one third of the early down snaps after they split that 50 50 the week before. So it'll be interesting to see if Warren starts to get more involved after the big games that he's been having. Yeah, well, definitely be very interesting. I, I know um, that, yeah, Matt Canada taking a lot of the blame there for the, the Steelers offense right now. So we'll see. We'll see if this uh, if this shifts in, in any kind of way kind of going forward here and if it does make a difference. But, um, yeah, important stuff there as well. So uh, before we get into the waiver wire targets, I do want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. Fall is all about the back to school and back to routine checklist. And the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Nate, let's get it going here with the top waiver wire targets heading into week 11. And uh, we'll start things, uh, or week 12, sorry, we're going into week 12 now. Um, uh, yeah, uh, let's start things off here with a quarterback coming off of a bye week um, this past week. It's a guy that we've talked about a little bit before uh, out of New Orleans, and that is Derek Carr rostered in 21.3% of ESPN leagues right now. Uh, yeah, coming off the bye week, so largely echoing what we were saying last week with him. A lot of it just has to do with the schedule that the Saints have over the rest of the season. Uh, one of the most favorable schedules, they, the, uh, the Detroit Lions are the only team that they face over the rest of the season that has a winning record. Um, a lot of defenses that are favorable matchups, so Carr is someone who had a slow start to the season and has been consistently at least among the top 15 fantasy quarterbacks, just consistently throwing for a lot of yards and throwing for some touchdowns and an offense that has a lot of weapons. So not someone that has this huge upside where he's going to get a lot of top five finishes, but if you're in need for a starting quarterback, I think he can pretty consistently finish in the top 12 week after week for the rest of the season. I will note that he, um, is dealing with an injury, and I don't think he's quite at 100%. There's at least a chance that he does not play this week, but I think for the long term, if you're looking for a quarterback, Carr is the clear one to get if you're looking for a safer option. 
For sure. Yeah. And like you said, six of his next seven games against teams that are inside the top 15 and allowing fantasy points to quarterbacks, two of those matchups against um, teams allowing top five fantasy points per game to quarterbacks, which is uh, the Detroit Lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Another name on the list here is Jordan Love of the Green Bay Packers, who's been playing a bit better as of late as well, Nate. Uh, He's rostered in 31.4% of ESPN leagues. Yeah, we talked about him a bit early in the season because he was just throwing a ton of touchdowns. His PFF grades was not matching that fantasy production, but it was also early in the season with a lot of young players. So we thought there was a chance that he would eventually improve. Um, Over October, things weren't looking very good. His touchdown regressed, but he didn't seem to be getting any better. But these past three games, his PFF passing grade has been much better than it was over the course of the first half of the season, uh, consistently grading well. And the stats this past week were fairly good to go along with that. Completed 27 of 40 passes, 322 yards, two touchdowns. So we started to see the stats that we were seeing early in the season, but with the passing um, impressiveness to go along with that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Love can continue to put together some good games going forward. Um, The only downside is the schedule isn't quite as good, a pretty average schedule for quarterbacks the rest of the year. So it's not a bad thing against him. Just the other quarterbacks that we're talking about uh, have very good schedules over the rest of the season. But he has the young receivers that are doing well. Romeo Dobbs has been consistently scoring touchdowns. Uh, Jaden Reed's been making plays. Uh, Christian Watson scored a touchdown this past week. Even Dontavian Wicks uh, has been had put up big numbers this past week. So a lot of the young receivers doing fairly well recently too. So um, Love's probably a more risky play compared to Carr. I think Love has the upside to have some really good games, but could also have some bad games over the course of the year as well. So if you're looking for a more risky quarterback or someone to start in very specific matchups, then Love is the player that I'd go with. Yeah, and like you said, playing a lot better um, lately, like weeks one to eight, 62.8 passing grade, which was 24th among quarterbacks. But then in November here, he's been a lot better, right? The last three games, weeks nine to 11, 77.6 passing grade, which is eighth among quarterbacks. So um, a much better uh, showing there for, for Jordan Love. And then the last name on the quarterback list here is Gardner Minshew of the Indianapolis Colts, rostered in just under 7% of ESPN League Snake. Oh, yep. So if you're in a deeper league and other guys that we talked about already taken, Minshew is the best option in some of these deeper leagues because of his schedule. He has been playing fairly well, um, was coming off of a bad game in week 10, but a lot of his receivers were injured and hopefully uh, they are all helped healthy for this week since they were just coming off their bye week uh third best schedule for fantasy quarterbacks according to our strength of schedule tool so someone who's been playing well and has a good schedule so Minshew is kind of the clear option for me especially when you have a number of teams who have been changing quarterbacks or you're getting to the second or third quarterback on the depth chart guys that you're just kind of testing out to see uh if they can be an nfl starter so a lot of the guys that are ranked between like 25th and 32nd at quarterback are players that I probably don't want to touch. So Minshew kind of the clear option for me among guys available and at least 90% of ESPN leagues. I like it. Um, All right, let's move to the running back position now. And there's a fairly big one here at the top, and that is Zach Charbonnet of the Seattle Seahawks, rostered in 32% of ESPN leagues. And we know Kenneth Walker left last game dealing with that oblique injury. Um, They're saying he's not expected to land on injured reserve, so we don't know exactly um, how many games he'll miss or if it'll be more than one or not, but feel 
pretty safe that he's he's not going to play on Thursday night here. So um, tell us about Zach Charbonnet, uh, Nate. Uh, yeah, so he was a big big name a couple weeks ago because he took over the receiving job from DJ Dallas, so that was huge for him. And he has been playing better than Kenneth Walker in the run game in the last couple weeks because Walker has been dealing with injuries uh, even before this one. So uh, that's impacted his play. So Charbonnet has been playing well. Um, after the injury, Charbonnet basically took over as the running back in every situation. Uh, DJ Dallas was the main backup. Uh, Dallas particularly took a couple of snaps in third down situations, which was his role early in the season. So Charbonnet had been taking 100% of snaps on third downs and two-minute drills. Didn't end this game because he was playing a lot more on early downs. Um, would expect his snaps to decrease a little bit than what they were in this game um, going forward when uh, Kenneth Walker is out. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Charbonnet starts playing very well. Um, and this time, Epi ends up seeing more playing time than he was seeing even when Walker is back, or if this is reason that they can ease Walker back in and give him a couple weeks to fully recover so he's more prepared for the playoff push. So I could see Charbonnet being a pretty big factor for Seattle's offense over these next couple weeks at the very least, and hopefully through the fantasy playoffs as well. So he's the clear running back to pick up this week. Um, he's pretty much been on this list every week, I believe, but hopefully now uh, everyone else can pick him up that hasn't been picking up so far. Yeah, I can't imagine um, that he'll stay below that 50% uh, threshold after after this week, especially with the news to Kenneth Walker. Like I said, it's it's not the easiest schedule um, this coming week. 49ers here in week 12, allowing the 25th most points to running back. So not great there. They are playing again on the next Thursday night for week 13. So it's, again, technically another short week there. If Walker's not able to make it back, they're playing uh, the Cowboys on Thursday night football in week 13, who are allowing 26 most points to running backs. Um, so it, it's a couple tough matchups there. But like you said, we like the potential for volume and, and his involvement in the offense there for Charbonnet. So should absolutely still be uh, the top running back ad here this week. Um, another one that we have talked about the past couple of weeks, still available in 35% of ESPN leagues is uh, Keaton Mitchell of the Baltimore Ravens name. Uh, yeah, we saw him on Thursday night. He uh, was playing roughly half the snaps on early downs, roughly half the short yardage and goal line snaps. So that was a pretty sizable increase in snaps for him, uh, largely taking away from Justice Hill, who was largely restricted to the two-minute drill snaps. So in terms of playing time, this was huge for Mitchell. In terms of production, he was off to a pretty slow start, uh, had negative yards over his first couple carries, but turned things around by the end of the game. But I think this is still a situation where ideally Mitchell continues to gain more playing time as the season progresses, continues to take away a little bit more from Gus Edwards. I think particularly there's an opportunity on third downs. Uh, Gus Edwards took the majority of the third down snaps, but he has not been a receiving back throughout his career. And Mitchell did take two snaps on third downs, so a chance that Mitchell could start to see more playing time on third downs and get more involved in the passing game, which could definitely help his fantasy production. So not someone that I'd probably be comfortable starting this week, but I think he's still heading in the right direction. 
Yeah, and that, that's kind of what we've been talking about as well, right? Like not quite for for starting him for fantasy purposes because, again, the usage isn't quite there yet. He did break off a nice run a couple weeks ago, but last week was was fairly quiet, right? And that's because that usage is still fairly low, but it is it is on the rise, right? So started at 17% a couple weeks ago, then 22% uh, the week uh, after that, and then 37% this past week of offensive snaps. So um definitely trending in the right direction route participation going up as well which you like to see but uh yeah not quite ready for starting lineups but definitely somebody that we should be having here in line uh on our rosters um another running back and, and one we touched on yesterday a, a little bit he didn't play uh for the buffalo bills but definitely a name to kind of keep in the back of our minds here is leonard fournette uh who ha- is on the currently on the buffalo bills practice squad Uh, Yeah, he's here because there's at least a chance that he starts to see significant playing time. And I was really thinking about it recently. It feels like in past years, at this time of year, there's a lot more running backs that are worth kind of considering because they could break out at the end of the season. Guys, you start to see uh, more playing time as the season progresses. And I feel like with this rookie class, we've seen so many players get involved early in the season that all these running backs who are young already saw significant opportunities early in the year. So they don't have that much room to grow anymore. So it feels like there haven't been as many good running back options who could see a sizable increase in playing time over the last third of the season. But Fournette, I think fits that bill of someone who could end up seeing a significant um, increase in snaps considering he hasn't played any so far this season, but Um, The Bills running back situation has been in flux a little bit recently. We saw James Cook get benched for a quarter two weeks ago for a fumble. We saw Ty Johnson get uh, more involved in the Bills running back rotation this past week. So it was a three-man rotation rather than a two-man rotation. I don't think Latavius Murray's been playing well enough that Fournette should be able to overtake Murray both in the run game and pass game. And I think... Cook's been mostly better as a rusher than a receiver so far this season where Fournette has been one of the better receiver receiving running backs at time during his career. So I think Fournette at least has the opportunity to see significant playing time in Buffalo. I don't know if I'd say that's the most likely scenario that he'll get activated from the practice squad and be the lead Buffalo running back, but I think there's at least a possibility that happens. So if you're looking for a running back who could potentially have fantasy value without anyone on the backfield getting injured, then I think Bournette's probably the guy to to target. Nice. Yeah, I like that call. Um, all right. The last part of our running back section here is kind of like our handcuffs. Um, the guys that we've talked about a little bit before, but all kind of in the, the similar reasons why we should be adding them. But uh, Tajay Spears of the Tennessee Titans uh, rostered in 35% of ESPN leagues. But then there's also Kenneth Gainwell of the Philadelphia Eagles rostered in 15.8%. And Zamir White of the Las Vegas Raiders for those deeper leagues um, rostered in less than 1% of ESPN leagues. So, uh, Nate, anybody that you want to expand upon for for this last group of running backs here uh first with spears and gainwell we've talked about them plenty before the big thing with them is during the fantasy playoffs they have very favorable schedules um tennessee plays houston twice during the fantasy playoffs and gainwell and the eagles face seattle the new york giants and arizona cardinals so all fairly good matchups for running backs there so just both cases of they don't really have standalone value right now, but if something were to happen to one of the starting running backs, then they'd have a huge role. And then Zamir White, I think, is interesting since I tried to have guys available in different uh, sizes of leagues. 
and White is available in over 99% of ESPN leagues, is barely getting any playing time right now. I don't think you saw any offensive snaps this past week, but Josh Jacobs uh, is leading the league and carries for a running back, so um, he's has probably more banged up than other running backs, has more of an opportunity to, to get injured potentially. And the Raiders do have the seventh best schedule for running backs over the rest of the season. So not the greatest schedule, uh, second best during the fantasy playoffs though. And uh, last week it was Travion Williams, who I included as the kind of sleeper running back who uh, if something happens to the starter, but now with Joe Burrow's injury, the Bengals offense in general doesn't look as good. So switching over to white as my deeper running back to consider if you're just have a available bench spot because you're not going to start someone over the rest of the season then he's someone you can pick up and hope that or not hope that there's an injury but just be prepared in case there is an injury because white should see plenty of fantasy value if something were to happen to jacobs yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's do a quick ad break here to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill based, real money daily fantasy sports game. Uh, how does it work? You pick two to six players. If they will go more or less than their prize picks projection, you could win up to 25 times your money. So, Nate, um, right now, if we go on to Prize Picks, there is actually a special offer that allows you to take the over on Christian McCaffrey's combined rushing and receiving yard totals, which is currently set at just 0.5 yards. So again, it's a special offer likely for Thanksgiving with the 49ers playing Thursday night versus the Seahawks. No data needed for this one. Just take advantage of that special offer. Uh, the other one that, that I put in here was Jameer Gibbs going over 28.5 receiving yards. He's cleared that in four straight games right now, uh, seeing at least five targets per game, 15.3% target rate over those last four as well. So uh, Jameer Gibbs over 28 and a half was mine. Uh, how about you, Nate? I'm going to go with Jaden Reed, uh, more than 39.5 receiving yards. We also have Reed as a waiver wire target, so I decided to tackle two things at once going over Reed, who's gotten over 80 total yards in three of the past four games. And in three of those, it's been more than 40 receiving yards, but he's been heavily involved in the Packers offense recently come uh, has been the Packers uh, starting slot receiver all season. And the Packers have spent a ton of time in 11 personnel. Uh, he's been running roughly as many routes as the other starting Packers receivers because they are rotating Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson out at times where Reed is fairly consistently on the field and 11 personnel has been more of a deep threat as well. Um, in terms of receptions of at least 30 yards per route run, Tyreek Hill is the only wide receiver with uh, more catches of 30 more yards per route. So uh, Reed's been great that way. The Packers have the top three schedule for wide receivers over the rest of the season, and that includes playing the Detroit Lions this upcoming Thursday for Thanksgiving. And the Lions have been decent against wide receivers this season, but they've allowed a bit more receiving yards to slot receivers compared to most teams uh, compared to what they've done against outside receivers. So I think Reed out of the Packers wide receivers is most uniquely suited to take advantage of Detroit's defense. So combination of how good Reed has been playing and Detroit's defense, I think Reed can get at least 39.5 receiving yards. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Love it. All right. And at Prize Picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Uh, go to prizepicks.com slash PFF Fantasy and use code PFF Fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash PFF Fantasy and use code PFF Fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Nate, let's talk some wide receivers here. And uh, another guy coming off of a bye week, and, and one that we've talked about quite a bit here is uh, DeMario, De- DeMario Douglas um, of the New England Patriots, still just rostered in 24.8% of ESPN leagues, but somebody that we've we've liked quite a bit here and uh, continue to like heading into week 12. Uh, yeah, pretty common trend of this wide receiver section is we're going to be talking about a lot of the players that we talked about last week because most <laughs> of them didn't end up playing for one reason or another. Uh, for Douglas, it was because of the bye week this past week, but Douglas uh, had been playing the best out of the Patriots wide receivers this season, uh, had emerged as a great option. So Douglas uh, in week 10 caught six passes for 84 yards. He did that despite uh, being limited in practice with an ankle injury all week. So Douglas uh, played well, finally, for, or put up the numbers that we were hoping for on a bigger sample size. So he's been seeing the playing time that we've been hoping for these past couple weeks and finally put up the numbers that we were hoping for. So I think Douglas should remain the Patriots' top wide receiver the rest of the season. And generally, number one wide receiver should be on fantasy rosters. And especially if the Patriots have a favorable matchup, then I think Douglas can be in fantasy lineups. Yeah, I like it. And and we, you talked about more playing time for him too, like 82% of offensive snaps he's averaged over the last four weeks. He, he's also averaged a 23% target rate um, it, it, through those four games, uh, which was 14th best among wide receivers from week seven to 10 um, who have run at least 100 routes uh, in those in those four games heading into week 11, that was. Um, so really nice numbers there for Demario Douglas. Definitely somebody that uh, we should be keeping an eye on here. Um, and then another guy, we just talked about him, Jaden Reed of the Green Bay Packers, rostered in 18.5% of ESPN leagues. And uh, yeah, we continue to like him as well. Uh, yeah, like I said, been playing well in the Packers offense. Uh, got more involved in the run game this past week, which I didn't touch on before. Well mentioned that his three carries in that game all occurred in the first 16 minutes of the game. The Packers lost two of their three running backs. So uh, if you were just looking at the box score, it could seem like Reed was just getting involved because of the injuries, but he was getting involved before the injuries even happened. And now that the injuries have happened, they might continue to get Reed involved in the run game a little bit more. So could see him having a higher floor because of that. So excited to see what he can do going forward. He's been someone that I was kind of conflicted on because he is just a slot receiver and had kind of been up and down. But considering how many ups he's had in the recent weeks, I think it's kind of hard to ignore him at this point. 
Yeah, he's been great. We we talked about him, I think, back to back weeks on, on the on the preview show and, and liking his matchups and, and opportunity. He's actually delivered two straight weeks inside the top 12 uh, wide receivers in, in PPR leagues as well. Top 12, probably not sustainable necessarily, but just continues to be a really nice uh, uh, like deeper league option here and, and earning turn targets for himself as well, uh, which we love. Um Another rookie wide receiver who is earning targets for himself and looks really good as well. Uh, Josh Downs of the Indianapolis Colts, who is just under that 50% threshold, that 44.7% roster ship in ESPN League Sneak. Uh, yeah, he's someone that was above that 50% for a while, but a number of people have dropped him recently. Um, had the 30th most fantasy points for wide receivers for the first eight weeks of the season. It's just been the past couple weeks he's been dealing with an injury, which has meant significantly less playing time. Uh, very well could have just not played with the injury as well, and that would have been fine. And then they had their bye week this past week. So because he hasn't really been involved the past three weeks, a lot of people have been dropping him. So see if he's available in your league. The Colts do have the second best schedule for wide receivers over the rest of the season. I mentioned Gardner Minshew among the quarterbacks because of the schedule and similar thing. I think Downs can have a really big second half of the season, assuming that he's going to be fully healthy. And hopefully after the bye week, he had a lot of time to recover. Yeah, I think that's the main thing, right? Nice to have that bye week in there. We know he left, the, I guess it was the week nine game with the, the knee injury, right? I didn't even think he was going to play week 10, but he got out there. Um, it was limited, obviously. They played like 40% of snaps or something, but they, they still want to target him uh, when he's on the field. He made a really nice catch in week 10 as well. So you got to imagine when he's healthy, um, those targets will continue to go his way. Um, all right, and we got another Packers wide receiver on the waiver wire list. I know it's not Christian Watson who finally found the end zone for the first time since week four, but Romeo Dobbs, Nate, uh, who also found the end zone this past week and has done so seven times this season. He has been uh, uh, really great at, at scoring touchdowns so far this season. Uh, yeah, has scored four of the last five games, which has been huge for him. Um, he ranks 34th among wide receivers and targets on the season, so he's been throwing the ball plenty. It was a bit more earlier in the season where he was seeing some really big games in terms of targets, and they just weren't quality targets because Jordan Love wasn't throwing the ball as well. Now Love is throwing the ball better. Dobbs hasn't been seeing quite as many targets, but I think the opportunity is still there for Dobbs to see plenty of targets going forward. Uh, particularly this week against the Lions. He did catch nine passes for 95 yards against them uh, last week, so he is also someone to consider um, in batting as well with this matchup against Detroit with how well he played against them the first time around and the Packers in general, a top three schedule for wide receivers the rest of the season. So that's good for Dobbs and good for Reed and good for Jordan Love as well. So I think Dobbs is someone who could start seeing a little bit more targets and take advantage of his targets better than he was early in the season. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and now we go, we got a little stretch of guys here who who did not play this past week. Um, one of them had a bye week and a couple of them had uh, injuries that they were dealing with, but still guys that we should be looking at. And the first one is Rashid Shahid of the New Orleans Saints rostered in 24% of leagues. And we know Michael Thomas still injured here. We haven't, I haven't seen anything significant about like how long he's going to be out. I don't know about you, but uh, Rashid Shahid should be uh, somebody on our radar as well. 
Yeah, it sounded like it was a significant enough injury. They have not put him on injured reserve, though. But I think he should be out at least this week and potentially another week or two as well. So that's the big thing with Shahid is he started to see more targets once Michael Thomas went down with injury before their bye week. So Shahid has been consistently a high average depth of target, a big play receiver that has been inconsistent from one week to another in terms of how productive he is, just depending on if he's making those big plays or not. But this past game was finally an opportunity for him to have a higher target share, which would make him a lot more dependable for fantasy. So if he can maintain a higher target share and potentially make some big plays in there, uh, that could be huge for his fantasy potential. Yeah, like that. And then uh, we also got Michael Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals. So he did miss the week 11 game. And, and we talked about Greg Dortch um, yesterday on the on the recap pod. But we imagine that if Michael Wilson is back in the lineup, that he would be uh, taken over uh, again for Greg Dortch uh, in, in that offense. And uh, yeah, still like Michael Wilson, Nate. Uh, yeah, because I think Dorch, if he starts taking playing time from anyone, it would be Rondale Moore, who mm-hmm. hasn't been doing quite as well this season, and they both are primary slot receivers. Um, we did see um, Rondale Moore catch that 48-yard touchdown pass, and that was a play where it was 12 personnel lined up on the outside and was a play where if Wilson was healthy, I'd expect him to have been the target on that play and also make that touchdown, so... Uh, The big thing with Wilson is he does have that high average depth of target and Murray does have a history of throwing deep passes like he did to Rondale Moore in this past game. So I think that's going to be a strong combination once Wilson is healthy and he is available in over 90% of ESPN leagues. Yeah. Um, Another guy who has been on the waiver wire list before, but also missed um, the week 11 game due to injury was Noah Brown of the Houston Texans. So he is rostered in 41% of ESPN leagues. Um, We know, uh, Again, the Texans have kind of shuffled their their wide receivers around a little bit, but hopefully getting healthy there. You still have um, faith that Noah Brown can be involved in the in the offense um, going forward, Nate? Yeah, I think with how well he played and considering uh, Robert Woods has played fine in Houston's offense so far, just not as good as the other three receivers. And Houston also has had no problem rotating wide receivers in and out all season. Uh, the guys at the bottom of the depth chart, uh, John Mechie, Xavier Hutchinson, uh, some of the younger wide receivers, or I guess most of them are young wide receivers, but still, uh, they've been getting involved in the offense plenty over time, just in uh, a heavy rotation among wide receivers. So I think Brown will still get plenty of playing time once he's healthy. It'll just be hard to know from one week to another which wide receivers are going to do well. Uh, we see offenses like this where some teams just have so many good players that three or four or two or three players have a good week and one of them ends up having a bad week. So that could be what starts happening in Houston's offense is they have all of these receivers and Don Schultz, who's been one of the better tight ends over the past month or so. So I think we could see a case where we just consistently see some players have really good weeks and then one player has a really bad week and we just don't know whose week it is to have the bad week. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Um, All right, another guy that uh, we talked about yesterday and we've been pretty excited about here as his snaps have been kind of rising is Jamison Williams of the Detroit Lions rostered in 14.6% of ESPN leagues. Yeah, we talked about him a bit yesterday, but a general thing is you started to see a bit more playing time week after week, so that's been really good to see. Uh, With Josh Reynolds, he's caught less than 15 receiving yards in each of the past three games, so Reynolds hasn't been uh, 
Reynolds has seen plenty of playing time, just hasn't been very productive in the offense. So I think there's at least a chance that Williams can overtake Reynolds as the top outside wide receiver for Detroit with Amon Ross St. Brown still being the top wide receiver in Detroit, uh, clearly. But I think Williams can get more involved in the offense, and he did score a touchdown this past week. So also a positive for Williams. Yeah, like that. And then last name on the list for those deeper leagues as well, rostered in just five and a half percent of ESPN leagues, but he's coming off a week where he had three catches, 115 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Khalil Shakir of the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'd imagine that five and a half percent goes up after his big, big week, Nate. Uh, yeah, over the past month or so, he's seen significantly more playing time than he was early in the season or really any point last season. Has pretty clearly established himself as the third wide receiver in Buffalo. I think it's going to be hard for him to have consistent fantasy value um, over this four-game stretch where he's seen a lot more playing time. Uh, both Stefan Diggs and Don Kincaid have doubled the targets of Shakir over that time. So Shakir is just making some really big plays like he did in this past one. Uh, but it's the second time he's had at least 90 receiving yards during this stretch as well. So putting up a lot of yards on a relatively low number of targets. So it's hard for me to see this being something sustainable, but with how many big plays that he has made recently, there is a chance that he starts to see more targets going forward, potentially fewer targets for Kincaid, potentially fewer targets for Diggs. So I don't think that's the most likely scenario, but it's hard to ignore him after he's put up so many yards over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. He's been great and, and efficient, but yeah, we got to keep an eye on that usage going forward. And, and then, yeah, let's uh, let's do a quick ad break before we wrap up with our tight ends here. And it is from Manscaped. Cue dramatic music, public service announcement. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Uh, gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working uh, night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand-new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about the next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. AI is cool, but I think this might be the biggest technological advancement the world has ever seen. Upgrade to upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code PFF. High tech for low places. Manscaped. Uh, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. I can promise you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship. Get yours today from our folks at Manscaped. All right, uh, let's go to our tight ends here, Nate. And we'll start with one um, with in, in Baltimore, obviously, Isaiah Likely of the Baltimore Ravens rostered in just 0.9% of ESPN leagues. We know Mark Andrews likely done for the fantasy season. Obviously they, they seem to have hope that he might not be done for the, the entire season if they have a deep playoff run, but for the fantasy for fantasy season, he is pretty much done for. So Isaiah likely steps in um, as a potential option here going forward. Yeah, likely someone in his rookie year, that preseason, he was amazing in the preseason. And then throughout the regular season, he still played pretty well as the number two tight end in Baltimore. Uh, this season hasn't been nearly as involved in the offense prior to this game, uh, just with Baltimore finally having some depth at wide receiver that they haven't had in other years. So less of a need for two tight end sets for receiving purposes. And when they have had two tight end sets, uh, sometimes it's been uh Kohler, their other tight end, who's been more in for blocking purposes. But we did see this past week, once Andrews went down with injury, uh, likely took over the playing time that Andrews typically sees. He was basically always on the field whenever they had a tight end. 
uh, Baltimore sometimes has uh, that personnel grouping where it's two running backs with Patrick Ricard as the fullback and three wide receivers and no tight end on the field. Uh, they continue to do that sometimes, but um, so likely at least seeing the playing time that Andrews was seeing, and I would expect that to continue going forward. The big thing is just how many targets he will see at this point. Um, he's had a relatively low target share so far this season, at least relative to what he was seeing last season. And of course, not expecting him to have the target share Andrews has because Andrews' target share was so high because he is one of the best tight ends in the league. But I think likely still should see a decent number of targets and enough to be a borderline fantasy starter. Um, probably not someone that I'm expecting to put in my fantasy starting lineup in most leagues, but I'd also understand if you're in a league where you had Andrews, didn't have a backup tight end because you had Andrews, and a lot of the other decent tight ends are already taken from other rosters, so there might not be that many options, and likely is kind of the clear option to pick up off the waiver wire, I think. What we've seen at tight end this year, you need the playing time, you need the targets, and you need to be playing well. And a lot of the tight ends that have been doing at least one or two of those things well are already on rosters. So a lot of the other guys that are available either are in a very heavy rotation of tight ends or aren't seeing the targets or just aren't playing well. So likely is kind of the clear player to pick up if you lost Andrews with injury and you're in one of these leagues where the top, 15 to 20 tight ends are already on rosters. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's about the opportunity there for him. Right. And then we saw it kind of week one, he had played like 77% of the offensive snaps and did definitely didn't have the target rate that, that Mark Andrews did. And, and we saw him step in obviously with 88% of the offensive snaps after Andrews went down as well um, last week. So there, there should be some opportunity that might not be as consistent as what Mark Andrews was doing for us, but definitely somebody to consider here, considering the, the playing time increase for Isaiah likely. Um, And then the other tight end on the list is Michael Mayer of the Las Vegas Raiders uh, had a four catch for 46 yard game uh, against the the Dolphins this past week and has been continued to be involved uh, in the offense. Uh, Yeah, just wanted another name on the list uh, for someone to pick up just because there might be multiple fantasy managers picking up likely. So you need a backup option. And I think Michael Mayer is probably the top player who has a opportunity to get more work over the rest of the season. His playing time has been fairly high these past four weeks in particular, uh, just not always seeing the targets when he's on the field, but he did get the four targets for 46 yards. I think he's someone who can, he just needs a little bit higher target share for him to be really in the conversation to be a fantasy starter, just not quite there yet. And I think if he doesn't get there this season, he'll probably be uh, one of the top sleeper tight ends throughout draft season all of next year, considering his talent and his playing time this year. So um, I think he should be a huge tight end at some point over the course of his career in terms of fantasy production. It's just a matter of if that ends up happening over the later parts of this year or if it doesn't happen until next year yeah makes perfect sense um all right that is going to do it for our waiver wire targets this week um we actually did our five round draft last week uh, it was the the t- best nfl players to wear is num- wear numbers one to ten but i forgot to post a poll naturally on twitter so I'll, we'll have to repeat that one and i'll put it up on uh twitter today and try to set a reminder for myself so i don't forget but um instead we got a couple questions here uh from the comment section nate um so we'll we'll, we'll try to go through these uh here and the first one is from uh caden 
who asks, should I be afraid to target DK Metcalf in a trade considering Gino's uh, elbow injury? I was looking at trading Hollywood Brown and Zach Charbonnet for DK Metcalf, or do I keep Zach Charbonnet for a decent playoff schedule? What do you think? Um, I think it probably depends heavily on who your other running backs are. Um, F. Charbonnet would definitely be a starter for you, definitely be a backup or just a situational player. But DK Metcalf, if you're in a league where you can still make trades, I love Metcalf's schedule during the fantasy playoffs. Uh, plays the Eagles, uh, Titans, and Steelers, all three teams among the top eight in terms of allowing fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Uh, when I was doing the five to add, five to drop, five to buy low, five to sell high a week ago, I uh, was heavily looking at the playoff schedule for um, who I'd be looking to trade for and trade away. And I didn't include Metcalf there because he wasn't a buy low candidate because he was coming off a good game. But he, the Seahawks wide receivers, they had the clear best schedule, um, in my opinion, of who you want in the fantasy playoffs for wide receivers. So would be happy to have Metcalf there. I know Geno Smith has the elbow injury right now, but I would hope by the time the fantasy playoffs hit, that would be uh, largely recovered by that point. Makes sense. And then Kate does add, um, would you rather target uh, Metcalf or, or Cortland Sutton? Um, so he says both guys have good schedules and, uh, he says the uh, Cortland Sutton owner has uh, Kyler Murray. So um, I guess in, in, including Hollywood Brown there. So do, do you have a preference there? Still Metcalf? Uh, it's still Metcalf for me. I know yeah. Sutton has made some very big plays over the past couple of weeks. I just think Metcalf has uh, Metcalf in general plays better. And I think with this, both of them have good schedules. I like Metcalf's schedule a little better. Makes perfect sense. And then we got one more question here um, from Jadokin. Um, it is uh, Jake Ferguson or Taysom Hill rest of season. I know you have the rest of season ranks, Nate, but uh, w- which one do you prefer here um, at tight end? It does depend on the scoring system. I base my rest of season rankings off PPR. And in that case, I have Ferguson, but standard, I would go with Hill. I do think Hill probably has a little bit better upside but hill is just a lot more risky in general because the saints could decide to not feature him as much in the run game in which case hill's fantasy value vanishes but in standard league if i was doing rest of season rankings for standard leagues hill um his value is just so much more in standard than ppr considering a lot of his value comes in the run game so uh Typically, there's not a huge difference for tight ends from one scoring system to another, but Hill is the one very, very clear exception to that because of his rushing production. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, All right. That is going to do it for today's episode of the PFF Fantasy Podcast. Uh, Thank you all for listening and for the questions as well. And Nate, thank you for coming up with this big list of players as well for people to choose from. Um, And yeah, we're we're heading into Thanksgiving here. We got no bye weeks ahead. So definitely some players to to consider heading to our waiver wires today. Uh, Good luck trying to acquire all of them and hopefully add some depth to your fantasy rosters for a nice playoff run. Um, Nate, before we go, please let everybody know what you have up on pff.com this week sure so as always i have my recaps to all of the games that have happened have the waiver article up already i went up early monday morning and then the rest of season rankings went up today Uh, we'll be having rankings for this upcoming week we'll have them on the website 
um, today and then an article form tomorrow. We'll try to have them up on the website earlier than usual today. Just I know with people traveling for Thanksgiving and all that stuff, try to have things up as quick as possible so they can still be helpful for people. And we'll make sure that the rankings uh, stay up to date throughout everything that happens injury-wise Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because we also have the Friday game for the first time this year. Um, we'll still have um, start set also on Thursday, and we'll have recaps to the Thursday games and Friday games as those games are going on uh, throughout the extended weekend for those who have it. Nice. Good stuff. And yeah, I'll have the IDP fantasy report out today as well. And that'll include our uh, IDP waiver wire targets and uh, yeah, back on the podcast, I believe tomorrow previewing uh, the week 12 IDP as well. And then I believe back with Kate on Thursday, um, previewing the offensive side of the ball. But again, thank you all for listening and until next time, peace out.